You're listening to The Max with Sterling and Taylor Mack. Highly opinionated, and you just might learn something. Come on in and enjoy the listen. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another installment of To The Max. Mack Brothers here on the East Coast. Doing what we do best. Sterling, how you doing? Doing good, man. Friday here, uh, day after the Warriors-Raptors game one. Day after Hot Take City was going to go left and right, I thought I saw a funny tweet by Chris Long saying, I'm glad that he's basically paraphrasing, but he's glad he's retired now so he doesn't have to listen to the DB group arguing about basketball in the locker room. And I thought it was hilarious. That's exactly what would happen if you walked into any locker room, if you walked into a football locker room, wide receivers, DBs. Man, I told y'all Curry was trash. What you mean Curry was trash? Curry had 30 points. You sorry. You sorry in your information. You just like you sorry out in the field. Oh, you saying I'm sorry on the field? Well, who was getting more PT than you last year? That's how it, it just revolved. It's it's funny arguments. You can always tell. You always look around. You see like I always remember looking at like the linebacker groups, like looking over at us, just like <laughs> what are you guys arguing what? about? It was it was at basketball. Now you're talking about who gets the most girls out, and I don't know how you just got to that point, but we're here now. And always funny um, interactions, but MLB, NBA, we got TV, Bitcoin's about to hit $9,000. If you haven't invest, invest. Prestige worldwide. Global warming out here. That's what I want to start with. There have been 400 tornadoes in, in the U.S., that have touched down in the month of May. Only other, only four times that, is, that this has happened in recent modern history. Unbelievable. Like you turn to Weather Channel, which I tweeted this the other day, one of the best low-key channels ever. You get drama. You get life-saving inf- information. And other, on top of that, if you want to have something to nap on, on Saturday, Sunday, you don't want a lot of background noise, turn on Weather Channel. Eight on the eights. Whew! Boy, that thing will have you rocking to sleep. Because it's nice and monotone. I don't You're know. napping to the Weather Channel, not every, like Jim Nance on a no. Saturday, Sunday afternoon. Okay. Every every time. Well, if golf's not on, if Tiger's not in, I don't feel like listening to it. Because you know how you can nap and then you wake up like you're partially asleep, but you can you you still hear it. Mm-hmm. I tune it all out with Weather Channel. It's perfect, absolutely perfect. Try it on Sunday if there's well before the game uh, comes on. Just try it. Weather Channel is absolutely beautiful, but. I don't understand how people can't say that global or climate change isn't happening with the amount of bad storms that we've had. Like you just, you've moved to Charlotte the first week that you get there, snowstorm. Ever since you've been there, the, the, you've had like back to back to back, like just countless thunderstorms and just with strong intensity. It's just bad. It's just strong weather out here. hundred, hundred degrees down here in Tally. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see, you know, you can really tell how the hurricane patterns come in. Right. Because the the poles have been melting and all that type of stuff. So I, I think as we get into this and as science really starts to show itself, I think hurricane season, to your point, tornado season, will just continue to get worse. What I mean, you know, there's a video, I, I forget who, who put it on Instagram, but there's a video of a team in Iowa practice like about to warm up for a baseball game and there's a tornado behind it. That's just insane to me. And they so, aren't giving two Fs about it. <laughs> like they, they don't care at all and it's like man like is that where we're well, i want to i guess is i mean if, if you're used to that like I, I didn't grow up in iowa so I, I don't i don't know maybe that's that's a normal thing but 
Uh, on the other hand of that is it's just not, like you said, it's just kind of crazy to see, you know, Missouri had a really bad uh, tornado the other day. Kansas did uh, just kind of crazy. Like, like, like you said, just how everything is like kind of piling on and there's still some people out there that want to. That is, it's just so out. normal. Like it's, it's normalized to have a tornado cows spinning in the background. Like it's twister. Uh, first inning coming up, make sure who's on deck. Everybody stay warm. We're going to get this game going. That was just, that was just never happened in Georgia. We all my friends, uh, shout out Coach Smith, Arizona State is in the regional. They're having a tough day today. But um, so when when we would have bad weather in Indiana, uh, he would like he would if, at first he would like not have a jacket on or something. He'd be like, boys, they don't want to play today. <laughs> so everyone was like texting that in the group today, like as the tornadoes in the background, like boys, they don't want to play today. <laughs> well, uh. Did you have, I mean, was he like the type of coach where say it's, say it's snowing out and it's like, we're not wearing sleeves out here, short sleeves. We're sending a message. Like it's free. Like, no, I want to wear some sleeves. Like, no, nah, we did have one day though, where I forget where, where maybe we were like Indiana state or whatever, but he, uh-huh. he turned off the heaters in the dugout and then oh, we, we, we're fighting. We're fighting. Right. Like turn off the heaters. And then I forget. I forget if he was like if you weren't playing, you couldn't wear your jacket or something, or like it was something weird. Like it was only like starters could starters could come in and like put the jacket on for a second, but if you weren't playing, like you couldn't wear your jacket. It's like it is twenty five degrees outside. Yeah, we're 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 fighting. We played Cincy and the the heater broke on the heated seat and it had like the air heater for your feet. Worst game ever. Cause you're sitting there just you're shivering when you're trying to play. You're like, how am I supposed to stay warm? It's it's awful. You drop those two interceptions. That, that I game. don't I don't drop picks. Let's let's not throw that out there. I have to have to have to sue you for slander over here. Do like Meek Mill like Meek Mill is to the Cosmopolitan. Meek's about to secure that bag real hard. How crazy is that story, man? Just uh, I mean, I think. Listen, I think if you are a black male, you've heard of things like this, or just a black person. If you like to go out and all that type of stuff, you've always heard about quotas and uh it's kind of always been like a joke but when you see something like that someone that you know i I think meek is a pretty normal dude like you know whatever he might have grown up in a place that other people didn't grow up but whatever i guess to just to try to say that he was breaking some type of law by trying to enter into a hotel is absolutely insane right just the just the, the rationale of like trying to get around that and if you've ever been in that situation, like you get so fed up of like trying to one, you're trying to be calm and understanding, knowing that something racist is happening to you. But then on the other hand, is like you're you're also like trying to actually find out like facts of like what the are you talking about? Right? Exactly. Like I just got here. How have I done anything illegal or to break your quote unquote rules that you have for your hotel? Makes no sense. Yeah, and it's just frustrating. I mean, and that just shows you, right? I mean, Meek is a famous, uh, you know, rich person in America. And so just imagine just a regular person that is in that situation. The story of OJ by Jay-Z. Take a listen if you haven't. Explains it perfectly. Uh, I I just want to know, though, because Meek is obviously suing. He's already got money and continues to secure a bag. When can like a city truck run over my foot or when can I walk into like a county courthouse? Get out of here, bro. Get out of here. Oh, 
let me record this. Let me let me let me get I don't lawyered think up. Bag over that. Like I don't think that like those dudes in Philly at the Starbucks, like they didn't get a bag. I don't. Well, yeah, yo, they definitely did. They no, settled, they settled. They settled outside, so that obviously it won't repeat itself, and people won't try and take advantage of that system. They definitely settled, though. Of course, you can, You don't. You don't go on CNN lawyered up like that. Like you ain't about to secure that bag in full. Well, no. The reason why they had to that they 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 had charges pressed against them. Are we positive about that, Sterling? Even with the, but even with charges, they were they were, they were they were taken out in cuffs by the cops. Yeah, but I don't think they were charged though. Even if I think that was all dropped, because Starbucks CEO admitted fault for the Starbucks policy. You had the whole training situation happen. So if they're admitting fault, you're getting money out of this. It's just that's how like, much that's money. That's like the new things. Uh, did you see the thing with SZA and Sephora? No. I think it's Sephora, maybe Ulta. I don't know. One of those two. I don't want to get it wrong and like accuse one of the one of those one of those companies. I apologize for the one that did not do something racist. But um, uh, yeah, they like profiled SZA at one of their places, and now they're doing. Like you know, sensitivity training, whatever that means. And I would pro- sit some city truck run over my foot. Somebody profile me because I'll I'll stay calm and collected. Because that's next. You know what that's called? That's your seed money for your new business that you're about to formulate and make. Next thing you know, now we're on the right path. I'm making generational wealth. You just need to get lucky. It's uh, unlucky luck. What was I about to say? Um, in San Francisco, they had this thing like if you got hit by a city bus, then you would get a million dollars. Oh, I don't know how that hasn't happened more. If you've never been to San Francisco, those buses they have their own dedicated lane, but I mean, there's so much traffic left and right, and it's just so fast paced. I don't know how somebody doesn't get run over. I mean, those I got kudos to city bus drivers for being on the ball and uh, quick on the quick on the brakes, I guess. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, one of my classmates did get hit by the by that. Rest in peace, Emily Dunn. Uh, so yeah, oh. it it does happen. Oh. I think they actually instituted that law after she was hit. Oh wow, I did yeah. not know that. Yeah. Well, that's why you got to go for the the broken foot or something like that. That was the same injury I was looking for. Like, take it back to your high school days for camp or something like that, and. You know, football camp, baseball camp, and it's just the dog days. And you're just like, I don't. What What's an injury that I can be in the training room and it's nice and relaxed, and I can also get out of practice, but I don't have to put too much work in in the training room. Oh, the best is like the migraine headache. Like, oh yeah, you can't can't beat that one because you can't because of the way that we treat concussions and stuff like that now. If you're like, oh, I have a migraine, like, oh, okay, well, just go to the training room. Just go to the training room. You also don't want to be dumb enough to fail your baseline test repeatedly when you really don't even have a concussion or something like that or, or, or a migraine, a right. bad migraine where they think you have concussion symptoms. Because right. then now you're just looked at like, uh, you, like you, you're not looked at by other people, but to yourself, like, how stupid am I? Right. Because I can't even pass my baseline test. So what happens if you don't know for sports, you do a pretest um, before you get into your season that gives you a baseline, you know, you you memorize numbers, shapes, colors, and orders, different orders. And that baseline test is what you go off of when you get a concussion, because obviously your brain won't work in the same fa- uh in the same fashion. So 
that tells you how much capacity where your brain uh, is injured in or where you're at in your recovery stage. So yeah, it's migraine is, is a very good route. Yeah. Uh, well, you know who um, needs to come back from injury? That's Kevin Durant per every sports talk show host probably that's out there because the NBA finals was the other night and the Raptors beat the Golden State Warriors. Um, it's so crazy. Handily too. It's I, So I actually don't. I don't think they beat them handily. I think it's one of those games where the Warriors – what I was about to say is it's crazy how the national talking points go, right? Two days ago, the Warriors don't need Kevin Durant. Is is this going to be a black mark against Kevin Durant's legacy? Blah 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 blah. Kevin Durant, this Kevin, Chris Broussard talks about Kevin Durant. All this, all this BS. The Warriors lose, and to be honest, like game one is the game that the Raptors should win. The Warriors have had nine days off. Um, they got to they got to fly all the way across country. They you, they you're they playing brought, in front of Drake. How nerve wracking is that? Yeah, that's another one we'll get to. Uh, you know, they, they tried to kind of bring Boogie back. This is one of those games where if you're the Raptors, you should – and I don't want to say steal, but this is the game that you should capitalize on uh, in game one. And they did. I thought they played well. I thought their defense, for the most part, played well. It's not, But their defense wasn't, wasn't exceptional to where, like, the Warriors didn't get shots. The Warriors got shots. They just missed them, right? Like, Iguodala not hitting a three. I think Draymond was one for four. Um, Quinn Cook missed a really big three when they were down five. I think it was 92-87. He missed a huge three mm -hmm. wide open that Steph got him. So like, or not Steph, excuse me, Clay. Um, so stuff like that, when, when you're missing big shots, and, and that's when you kind of look around and you're like, oh yeah, typically, right, there's this guy named Kevin Durant on the floor and he's able to step up and make plays for you as kind of that other quote-unquote other guy, right? Um, and just not having him is just different. But that doesn't mean that the Warriors, like, I thought the Warriors just played really, really poor defensively. They didn't get back tra in transition, and they were sloppy with the ball, and the Raptors were able to, like, kind of keep a lead, essentially, and then the Warriors could never just come back. The first thought that kind of came to my mind for this game was, it was a, in the first, what, five minutes, just a ton of bricks left and right. And you can see, Nerves, but it was also the war or the Raptors knowing the Warriors have that one quarter in them, so we can't be down like that because when that takes off, when that quarter didn't come last night, no, but when that quarter comes, you can't be five back because now you're down by thirty, and then you're afraid of their three point shots, so they're just jacking up threes. Uh, Paul Gasol, like it was not Paul Gasol, Mark Mark Gasol was at the top of the key. He stuttered for at least three three seconds of do I do I shoot this shot or do I go for do I go uh into the lane and then he like shot a three missed it but it was early in the it was early in the game which was funny uh this was this was the one game that I said this was this is their gentleman sweep yeah like like you said Raptors should win this game I say it was handily because what it was at fifth they got up to fifteen points at one point for the last two minutes and then they cut it down to nine. Uh, kind of. It was one of those weird spurts right late in the game. I mean, mm. to me, the game was really between 7 to 11 points most of the game. Yeah. 
the Warriors, I think, cut it to five or four at one point. They were out. They they took the lead in the second quarter. They didn't have the lead the rest of the game. So, yeah, I, I can I can under, for the Raptors, yes, beating the the Warriors by nine is a, is handily. I also think a couple plays go differently. Like let, let's 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 list a few plays, and if they go differently for the Raptors, like what happens? Um, Siakam had a had a, like a. Uh, across the lane, over his shoulder, bank shot when the Warriors had cut it to six. That pushed it back to eight. Mm-hmm. The Quinn Cook three that I just talked about, he misses. If he makes it, it goes to two. He misses. They come down. Siakam gets a two, right, because the Warriors didn't get back in, in transition. Uh, the, the, the Pat McCall three in the third quarter was huge. The Warriors had just put a couple, po- a couple back-to-back baskets. They were looking for one more stop. The ball gets to McCall on purpose, right? They left him wide open late in the shot clock. He takes it, makes it. That that was a huge shot. Momentum, momentum swing. Go, the lead goes back up to seven, right? So they just had these little plays. Van Vliet had that little weird, like little layup in the third quarter. Like there's so many just weird things that happen that you're like, I mean, this is this was their game, and then Van Vliet hits that three off the glass, which. He doesn't make that. It's a six. It's a two possession game with like you know two minutes left essentially. Yeah, I got to give it to Van Fleet though for the po- for the postseason. Him and Siakam. Siakam's come up big, um, but and then Van Fleet hitting threes like he's back as a back in Wichita State. Yeah, he's been good. He's been really good. And t- I mean, they had him on the floor over Kyle Lowry for most of that fourth quarter, which I thought was really interesting. I mean, people are going to be like, "Well, Kyle Lowry was a plus eleven on the floor." Like, okay. In crunch time, like he wasn't there until the last minute and a half. Right, and the biggest thing that Kyle Lowry's really brought to the court so far has been his defensive presence and getting those low key. I'm sliding in and I'm getting the charge oh, call. God, I hate those though. I'm just like, <laughs> where does he come from? But he's getting those calls and he's playing good defense, and that's really uh, what's I think elevated his game and and helped propel him to getting back to scoring 20 points instead of just dropping seven and having everybody just bash you on social media. Uh, what do you what do you think of Kawhi's game and and do you I, do you think he's healthy? I don't know about health, but he was. I was surprised he was as quiet as he was last night, and not as as assertive. But you don't really know. I mean, it's just that's just Kawhi. You know, it's his personality, or is he hurt? I don't want to say he's hurt. It's just to me, he looks hurt. To me, he looks like he's playing with like a really bad whatever. I mean, he's obviously had leg issues. It to me, it looks like something is wrong. So See, he think, has no lift to me. Do you think when he got – there was a moment last series he got rolled up around the free throw line or something, and he started limping off. And they stayed – because they, they made a comment about this. Mark Jackson did, I think. And uh, what what play was it? Or what game was it versus the Bucks? Ah, it was It was in Toronto. That's all I can remember. But he got rolled up and he started limping a little bit, but then he jogged it off. And I think a timeout happened and he just played the rest and no one really tried to make a comment about it. But if that could have been one of the big injuries that sparked sparked where he's at right now, but you're saying he's fine. Yeah, I mean, I, I, obviously, like, right, like you said, he's not on the injury report per se. But to me, he just he's never been like super, super quick off the bounce but he can always get to where he wants to go. But for him, right, he likes to get to certain spots and rise up above you and shoot. 
Sean right. Livingston blocked the shot last night. Like to me, he just I think the reason why, right, he went five for fourteen and he the reason the only reason he scored twenty points because he got to the line twelve times. Like he doesn't do that. Like it's out that's also a different game, right? He, I thought I thought a couple calls were kind of BS, to be honest with you. But I mean he it it'll be interesting. If if Iggy if Iggy is hurt and you saw him kind of limping down the floor, then it changes things because he can really guard Kawhi. Obviously, until Durant comes back, because then Durant goes on Kawhi. But it, I don't know. It, it, so is this is it, healthy, it's 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 a tough thing. Sorry. Is this no? I was just gonna say, is this series a war of attrition? A little bit. I mean, it, it always is, right? Seven games is a long time to play somebody. A long time that you get to know them really quickly. You get to know their tendencies and what they're trying to do against you. Um, well, you're I coming into the Raptors. It is right because like they need Kawhi to be great. Right. Period. Like to Lowry's, win this series, you need to, you need him to be great. Lowry's still hurt, playing through pain. Yeah, but I, he's so to. Or do you think he, he's selling it? To me, he's so mental. Like he looked spry last night, so I I, I think that he's on. So you so so let's keep the counter. You'd have Lowry, you'd have Kawhi on Toronto, who and Spicy Pete Siakam. He's hurt or it, like slightly injured. No, I'm just saying oh. who's who has nagging injuries. I think every it's a it's the end of the season. I think everybody has a nagging injury, but to the effect that it's making their play difficult. I think it's you just know Abaka's had Abaka's had something kind of all season. Uh, Kawhi, and then I guess Lowry. And then you flip it on the other side with the Warriors. You obviously have Steph with his feet. Well, more, more, more really his left hand. Um, Boogie coming back, Andre, KD, the obvious ones. So who's going to be healthy enough to to just feel you know play and like Charles, you know Charles Barkley said, you can't. There ain't, there ain't no hurt when it comes to the NBA playoffs. You got to play, Kenny. That's it. You just play. Hey, don't talk to me. Don't talk to me about minutes. 42, 48, 50. You just play. It's terrible, terrible impersonation of that was pretty bad. That was pretty bad. But the point though is you just like you said before, you just play through it all. Yeah, I think I mean they have to. Like you said, from an attrition standpoint, right? The the Raptors are deeper as a team. Just with more quality players, right? Depending on what you're getting out of McKinney and Jurepko mm-hmm. for the Warriors, um, and obviously what like what does Cousins give you? I didn't understand his minutes in the fourth quarter last night. I I didn't either. Uh, I was just surprised, play, right? You feel you feel for Boogie, like I feel for him. But and he, you but you know he's like, hurt when he's running. Yeah, he's he's still hurt. Because there's no there's no way a man at his age. Tears your tears his quad right. and is back in a month. That just doesn't happen. Well, you can just tell, like, there were a couple times Van Vliet was switched on him, and he typically, right, Demarcus Cousins would punish that person, right? Right? He and he just he just is not moving like he typically would be. But all right, in a nutshell, I want to say the Raptors did have better offensive movement all last night, they were getting good looks at the basket. Warriors were doing Warriors things. Um, Steph doing Steph lapses, but still scoring 30 points. It's a Warriors series to lose, still, in my opinion. But it was a good game by the Raptors. Um, should make for, you know, a little bit better storyline and hopefully bringing in more ad dollars for ESPN and ABC, Disney. 
They want to stretch it to seven very bad, but it's going to be a gentleman five. I think it'll be a gentleman five or, you know, they might do one of those where Steph gets two quick fouls in game fours. I don't know. They might do something weird, but uh, at the most, they go six. Now let's talk the biggest news that you brought to my attention because I didn't see it. The Atlanta Hawks are trying to get Zion Wilson, uh, Zion Williamson. Well, let's pump the brakes. Let's put it out in the air. So if it's out in the air, it might happen. You got to speak things into existence. The Hawks are going to get Zion. Thank you. Thank you. Atlanta Hawks, Zion Williamson, Trey Young. Can never say the kid from Maryland's name. I'm sorry. And John Collins. Kevin is his name. Kevin Herter. Herter is his name. Thank you. But the news is New York Knicks are interested or entertaining the idea of trading down with the Atlanta Hawks and getting the eight and 10 pick and the Hawks jump up to the third pick. Now, what do you speculate that means? Sterling? I think it speculates a lot. I think one, I think what we've all said about this draft is may, I mean, and RJ Barrett should be included in that, but everyone's not excited about this draft, right? They're not excited outside of Zion and really John Morant. Like, you don't see transcend like transcendency. You don't see all stars in it. I think RJ Barrett's really good, but it's just like, what is his ceiling and what can he bring to the table for a not only a contender but like a, a team that's rebuilding? Right. right. I don't. I don't know if he can just go get you. I don't know if he can be Devin Booker on the Suns. Maybe he can. I don't know. Right. And I think that's the first thing. Right. The second thing is I wonder what they're thinking. If they have Durant in hand, right, if you go get two more assets, and I say two more assets as in eight and ten, eight and ten, what does that enable you to go do with a trade package to surround more, right, around Durant? And I don't know, right? Because you got. Are you anticipating that they're going to get Kyrie as well with Durant? You're going to have Kyrie and Durant, and then you'd have the eight and the ten. So there's been tons of talk about sign and trades, right? And what's better in a sign and trade than having more assets? So Kimba would be a sign and trade opportunity. Obviously, Jimmy Butler is still under contract with the Sixers. So that would be a trade art, I guess, could be for a trade possibility, sign and trade possibility. Um, the same with Kyrie, right? If Kyrie signed with the Celtics to get more money to leverage that. And then they would need the, the Knicks would then need to have a sign and trade with him. So yeah, it, it's interesting from that perspective. And to me that, that also, again, it signifies that they're not sold on RJ Barrett going forward with a guy like Kevin Durant. Like you need someone that's more polished to have the ball in his hands, to understand how to like work the flow of an offense rather than a 20 year old kid that didn't make great reads at Duke. Right. And that's nothing against RJ Barrett. Just he's not a true point guard. Well, let's be let's be completely honest about RJ Barrett's season. At the beginning of the year, he was looked at as the unanimous number one pick for the draft because of his skill set and what he could do, or what the potential of what he could do. Everything's always all potential, 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 potential. Yep. But then you watch the games, mm-hmm. and I get everybody, it's kind of crazy that everybody remembers this moment when Jay they're in the holiday tournament, they're playing. Because nothing's uh, nothing else is on TV. Holiday tournament. They're in Hawaii. Air, um, sorry, Duke versus Gonzaga, and yep. crunch time. Jay Billis goes, ah, 
This is it was like 30, 40 seconds left. Oh, this is a crunch time. This is the moments when you want to get a design. Well, JRJ Barrett puts up his 30 to shot. And you're like, what? Why would you do that? You had a player who was dominating, and RJ Barrett's taking like 20. I think it was like his 25th shot, and he was four for 25, let's just say. Uh, and that was but he felt like he he felt as the alpha on that team. And it's nothing I think Zion's an alpha as well, but just RJ felt the pressure that he had to carry the load offensively at times. And I think that's more to the fact that Coach K did a really poor job of like utilizing Zion in the, the correct way, right? Getting him the ball at the elbow or running different screens for him or stuff like that, right? It was just a really spread offense and then like let you guys just go. And RJ Barrett looked at that as like, all right, I've got no movement. Like Zion's not a great shooter. Cam Reddish is having Cam Reddish was on and off. Like he, I think he just always felt a burden for himself to go get buckets. Okay. And that's, okay. That's what he's good at, right? Is going can, to get scored. I can understand that. I can understand that. But I think that's. But I when you missed your thirtieth shot in the game, why are you still shooting? Tell me, please tell me. I you mean, are, you are five for. 30 and you still shooting like that you don't have to feel that pressure you have zion that can't be stopped that's when you turn into a facilitator that's when you do something different because what you're doing ain't working and then you did that all season yeah you might have averaged 23 points but that 23 points is really a 12 pointer really you, it was about 12 or 15 in true representation i saw lump saying that's why i think everybody's a little bit shook on rj no disrespect to the kid you know he's gonna have a, hopefully have a good career but that's what i saw no, I and I just said that, right? I, I think teams are scared if you're bringing him in and, and you have a commitment from a guy like Kevin Durant. Like, where? How is RJ Barrett going to play with Kevin Durant, right? Especially at his development and where he is right now uh, with his skill set of basketball, he needs time to develop and be, you know, a, a point and off guard in this league. Mm-hmm. Be able to work a pick and roll, be able to make the right reads and make the right passes. So, yeah, I mean, if you're if you feel like you're a contender in New York right now, you're probably scared. I think that's also what's confusing me with Atlanta is what is Atlanta doing? And my thought process actually is. And okay. okay. Hear me out, people. Right? You've got a really bad contract in Kent Bazemore. You've got Torian Prince sitting there at kind of a minimal rookie deal right now. If you trade up and get the third pick, an asset, let's say you do take R.J. Barrett. Now you package those those three players together. You get that you get the Bazemore contract off Torian Prince, who's a you know a rotational guy in this league, can play the wing, can you know knock down some threes, play a little defense, a little three and D guy, and then a up and coming asset, quote unquote, in R.J. Barrett. You can now flip those three either to a team maybe like the Suns or to a team in a rebuild, right? Maybe the Grizzlies go get Mike Conley, pair him with Trey Young. You can do a lot of weird things, right? And I'm not saying they're going to get Mike Conley. I'm just saying, like, there's there's packages now that maybe they can go after. Because I, I don't see R.J. Barrett and Trey Young playing together. That just doesn't seem – No, no, that wouldn't that wouldn't fit. Right? So, to me, the only reason you move up is to, to gain a better asset than you have today and then to try to package it with something – uh, early in the, or either over the summer or early in the season or hold on let's 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 think about that though let's let's just let's just, let's just play with that yep. we get we get rj barrett and you pair him up with trey young yep 
What was the one thing that would have really helped Duke out? A point and guard. RJ Barrett, a point guard that could shoot. Because Jones was not hitting shots. He was great defense. He's a, he was a pest as a as a defender, but that's why he was told he can't shoot. Yeah, he he couldn't he couldn't he couldn't get his shot off. So now you have a point guard who sees the court like no other. Sure RJ RJ is gonna have time. And then you got the athleticism of, of a slasher, of John Collins, who can also hit that mid range. This this court might be opened up a little bit, but for what? Here here's the thing: Kevin Herter is a much better shooter than than R.J. Barrett is. I 100% agree. Uh, R.J. Barrett, what, what do you shoot, 29% from three this past season at Duke? That's at the college three-point line. Yeah, so, I don't have that. I don't have it on, on hand. So, I, I, listen, I don't know. I, I, I'm i just playing around with it just, just, just to see. I'm not saying he can't stretch it out. I, I don't think he has a bad shot. I just – he shot 29% from three. So, take, take, for whatever, take that how you will. Or do we go in like typical Atlanta fashion, trade all the way up, and then we draft Bowl Bowl from from Oregon, the center? There's been twelve people that said that to me today. That we draft the center, or that we do something just Atlanta and we, fashion, and we just do stuff. something Atlanta and draft Bowl Bowl. Like, I I don't know why it happens to us and why we have been cursed with these just deflating moments in sports. I hope I hope something can change. I hope somebody has carried Madame Zeroni up the mountain of Stone Mountain because what, we need our luck to change. What's got to be the most deflating moment in Atlanta history? Is it? I mean, twenty-eight to three is deflating. Yeah, that was that was that was awful. Uh, is that is that it? Is it being up 2-0 against the Yankees in '96? Is it? Uh, I was still, I was five, so I was too a little too young for that to impact me physically or emotionally. I one that was big because it was just consistent, and this is why I have the rivalry with the Celtics was because it was year in year out. We're always in the playoffs in the NBA, and then we're knocked out the first round. And it's just you're just like you know what you're getting into. Why do I need to buy season tickets? We're losing in the first round. Either the either gonna, either gonna be the Celtics or the or the Pacers. Oh, the Pacers series was terrible. No, the most deflating years got to be the – was it the – no, I thought we played LeBron. and When we were up 3-0 on the Pacers? No, that didn't happen. But um, the year – let's look it up. The year that the Hawks uh, won 65 games, was that 2015? Yeah. Um, I want to say they played – let's look it up. I want to say they played LeBron. Or maybe they did play Paul George. 15, Atlanta Hawks, first in Eastern Conference, standings. I, I really feel like it was the, oh, uh, yeah, lost the Cavs. We lost the Cavs. Oh, um, we got swept. So it was one of the more deflating ones where, and here's the, here's the kicker with that, and I'm not saying that LeBron doesn't do what LeBron does, but Tabo Cephalosha gets his ankle broken by the cops in New York on the last week of the season. Mm-hmm. So he then does not play. Tabo Cephalosha at that time was still a really, really top-notch defender in the league. You pair that uh, with Damari Carroll, a lot of people felt like, oh, well, the Hawks might have a chance, right? And LeBron swept That was deflating. Like, and not 28-3 to deflating, but, like, it's one of those moments where – 
you're like, man, we got some momentum. Jeff T, Kyle Corver, you know, the, Horford, everybody's playing well. Millsap, and then just you know, LeBron. What was the what year was it that we were? I think we were up three one to the Pacers, and then the Pacers came back and beat us in seven. I don't think I don't know what you're talking about. I don't think that happened. It it happened. It's got to be either twelve or thirteen, right? When the Pacers were doing fourteen. Uh, you're right. Yeah. 20, 13, 13, 13, 14. 14. Yep. Up 3-1. You're like, oh, this is this is this is a turnaround here. Let's keep it going. Boom. Lose four in a row. I was just that hurt. But I it there's no way to top 28 to 3. We're about to get our first Super Bowl. Back first time back in the Super Bowl since 98. And and the th- it wasn't that Tom Tom Brady obviously threw for 450 yards, but it was just Kyle Shanahan not running the ball. Like stop being cute with it. And then that whole that whole sequence of sack fumble, you go from your 20 back to the 50 basically. Well, no, the Julio the the high of the Julio catch, which is just still one of the most ridiculous catches I think any of us have ever seen. Ten toes down. And then to like you just said, sack fumble. Was a sack fumble than a sack? Yeah, sack fumble or is one is that sequence or fumble. incomplete or something like yeah. that? Um, and then the take through no sack fumble sack because it took us out of the field. Yeah. Um, and imagine if we got the field goal, game over. Yeah, I think when that happened, I think everybody knew what was happening. Yeah, that was just so. T- that's. I actually I don't like talking about it. The Braves team that lost to the Marlins, the Levon Hernandez. Because that year the Braves are stacked, right? They're they're the pitchings. Everybody obviously the Braves are stacked for a long time, but like that team was poised to, to in my opinion, go back and win the World Series. And, uh, you have the Greg, uh, whatever the umpire's name was, something Greg. All right, well let's stay on baseball for a second because. Obviously, the big controversy right now, and yep. uh, you hope the the little girl was okay. Um, but the Cubs and Astros played down in Houston the other night, and um, Al Almoro, what is his what's his name? Almora. Almora, a rocket jumped off the bat, just missed the safety nets, and struck a fan down the third baseline. In like the second row, uh, happened to be a little girl, and it, it's tough to watch that when you, because I, you know, you read the interview and he's like, "I saw the girl," and you look at the video and he's tracking the ball right off the bat, and his eyes just make eye contact with the connection, with ball to fan. So now everybody is saying, you know, the the entire uh, first baseline, third baseline needs to be netted because we've had too many incidents with people getting injured, whether if a bat slips out of somebody's hand, getting hit and, or, a, or a smoked line drive foul, foul ball coming into the stands. And so for fan safety, there needs to be nets up. Um, there's a lot of things that you could say about this. Yep. And netting the entire field off I don't think is the right move. 
Yeah, that seems ex- really, really excessive to me. And I'm not saying that as I don't care about, you know, people that have, have gotten injured. Um, you'll probably hear people say, you know, aside, you know, they're not this instance of, you know, you need, that's why you need to keep your head on the swivel. You can't be looking at your phone, but that's what, you know, that's what you enjoy baseball. You, you take that risk when you sit that close, or if you're sitting third base or first base, especially if you're sitting on the third base side, you have to anticipate and know, say as a parent, you have a small child and you take the risk of sitting down there. You have to say, Hey, we are in a dangerous area. You need to pay attention here because anything can happen. You can be on your phone in the middle of the inning as there's a break in the action, but you need to pay attention. And as a grown or just to your friends, like you can't, you have to keep your P's and Q's about you because it's a live action area. Um, and netting that all off, it takes away from the game because now, if you have, you've never been to a college game, I think most most colleges because it doesn't extend all the way down. I think it stops right at third base for most premium seating at a lot of college uh, um, arenas, ballparks, sorry. And it's just weird looking through the net. It just takes away from the game, in my opinion. Um, Yeah, it's – Yeah. Yeah, I I have a lot of takes here. So on one hand, I think – it's really hard to see a seven-year-old girl get hit by a ball, right? That's I think that's the first. When you see an image like that, it's like, oh my gosh. Yeah, it's we need scarring. to do we need to do something about this. And to see Albert Amara Jr.'s reaction to that was was tough. It was heart wrenching. You could tell like he really felt bad for what had happened. Um, on the other side of that is, I actually do kind of I want to say something about just like paying attention in a baseball game. I'm not saying you should pay attention at all times, but if you watch the video, like from the other angle, right from from the first base side, everyone's head, most people's heads are down, like looking at their phone and just like not not paying attention, right? The balls hit, and you hear the crack of the bat, and you you assume that the ball is here, but because you're not paying attention, the ball is coming at you, and like of course you have no time to react. Like I heard a ton of people like it's so hard to react in those situations. Like, well, no, not really. Not really, but it's especially hard to react if you're not paying any attention to the game. So, right. I, and that's, and, and I feel like that's also said because we were very fortunate. You didn't go to as many just because you were younger, but we had season tickets down the first baseline at uh, Fulton County Stadium and then Turner Field when when I when I was younger. Right, we sat at uh. It was it was seat fourteen, like right right off of uh, the dugout there on first base, like seat seven and eight, right. So you're right in the thick of it. So if a right hander is late on a ball, that that same like there, I mean, gosh, there's probably five or six foul balls that, that are sitting in one of our back rooms that that we caught, right. And because of because you get that type of swing, so and of course, like we didn't have cell phones at that time, like it's just a different is a different time. But I also think if more people are paying attention, that girl doesn't get hit just because more people stand up and like react, right? So I think that's that's one part of it. The other aspect, like you just said, like it's just go to a college game and with metal bats, and there's not the same. There's not this netting that everybody's talking about. Like we're we're doing this overreaction because we saw the image of a of a young girl get hit, and again, hope that she's okay. Like that, that's it was awful to watch. But like it's just not 
to me, it's not feasible for you to go to a game and sit close up and pay a ton of money. We already had this issue with baseball, like with ticket sales and all this other stuff. Like the last thing I want to do is go sit four rows back, like down the first base or third baseline and have a net in front. Like I want to be able to interact and like have someone throw a baseball to me and like talk to Manny Machado or Mike Trout on their way out, like, and be able to interact. Like having a net there would suck for so many reasons outside of someone getting hit. And to my, and I know you kind of said it earlier, like, yeah, there's instances of people getting hit all, all the time now, like kind of right. Like, especially when a bat flies out of your hands and eh, that's really hard to catch. Like most people are, someone's going to get hit, like yeah. whatever, not whatever that sucks, but like, it's kind of, it's just part of it. Right. Um, but I, I don't think we need to overreact and like just try to net the whole field. That just doesn't make sense to me. I'm with you. And if you really break it down, <clears throat> And somebody who's smarter than I that can it's a it's a very good statistician statistician that can do this do this out. If you let's if you took all the ABs last year, and then, or over the course of three years, if you want to have a or four years to have a bigger sample size, and then look at how many incidents you have, it would probably be like point oh one percent or oh yeah. I mean we're talking. I mean that's the thing, right? With Twitter, it's a very small like. We sensationalize the story again because it's like a seven-year-old girl getting drilled. Um, yeah, had, it's not a normal thing. Because you're going to have – well, you had Todd Frazier who hit the girl in New York uh, a few years back, and then you have this incident uh, so where you've had children getting hit. Um, but it really – you have to pay attention. Like Either somebody designs a personal netting system that goes to a chair – uh oh, idea system. Uh oh, that, that sounds like one of the worst ideas I've ever. Light bulb. How, how? All right, hold on, hold on. Clips no. to the clips to the front or the chair in front of you. I don't know, but it's a. That doesn't make sense. It's it'd be like a L screen no. sitting there. I don't know. I'm just throwing an idea. It's a personal screen that you could set up for your kid so that you know at least that your kid is safe. It, it's a well, singular think, system. So someone, I think someone made a good. Maybe it was. Um, I think Polly that works for uh, Dan Patrick. I, he made a point saying, "Oh, what ticket <coughs> ticket sales should do are these like you know third party, Vivid and Ticketmaster and all these people like it should show if you are currently behind a net or not, right? So like now when you're buying a ticket, it's like okay, like you know what, I have two young kids with me. Instead of us being exposed and like a little bit farther down, let's let's pay an extra five dollars per ticket so we can be behind a net or something." Do we treat the non-netted areas in the hot zones? So say you make them hot zones. So right, right past the netted area, right past third base, right past first base. And then let's say for like three or four sections where statistically the ball is coming at like 100 miles an hour off the bat. We treat those like emergency exits are treated on planes. Like you can only be here if you're over a certain age limit. And if you're not, you can't sit in these sections or at least in a certain part of these sections. And then you have to understand the risk of what you're doing of when you're sitting there. I mean, it's not a bad idea. I think it's, I think it's a little ridiculous, right? Like maybe again, I, yeah, I, I, it's not a bad idea. There's a lot. Of, I understand. It's, there's a lot of emotion that's, that's going and being thrown into this, but you don't need to net the entire field. And then the next thing you know, someone's going to get hit with a, with a, with a home run. That was just, tattooed off the bat and then they're gonna say well we, need to, well we should bring the nets back here the whole you want to go to the game to get foul balls to get home run balls to 
that's what baseball is about. It's, it's yeah, right. Like that, you go to the game to like catch a foul ball, and like there's so many videos. And like, I, listen, I was one of those people that like played catch with Deion Sanders, and like I will remember that the rest of my life. Like you put a net up, like, like I, I just you're taking so much away from the game. And I get it; it's it stinks to see someone get hit again, but I, I just think we're overreacting in this in this scenario. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. You think overreactions? Why over overreactions are just due to social media, or is it just uh, the times where we're at? Like society's progressing to be better and just a safer society. I don't. I don't think we're trying. I don't think we are better as a society. I think we just overreact because of social media and because of the way that like news stories are picked up, right? Like the way that we do the news today and all this aggregation and everything. Like people. Stories fly off the shelves because people want click-throughs and it's clickbait and it's all this stuff, right? To try to like maximize revenue online. And then it becomes a conversation on Twitter and then Facebook. And then next thing you know, you're in your office and you're talking about something you saw on a random post, right? From social yeah. And um, yeah, it's just, and, and people just like have these takes that are just like not rational. Like, or if they are, it's just like just one-sided and not like there's never really any thought or any process in, into it. You know, it's really annoying. These, these words are ch just triggering because every news outlet uses them and it's annoying because then you click on it and you're like, that's not what happened. And obviously it's for clickbait, but an article say like so-and-so slams so and somebody in a debate or eviscerates somebody or uh I don't know. It's words along those lines. There's a couple well, of like the interviewer last night with Draymond. She was like, what do you think? What do you think about that scuffle between you and Drake? And he was like, I don't think that's a scuffle. Like he said something. I said something like that's not a right. scuffle. Right. And to your point, right. These words. You're private. Yeah. Right. Manipulating what really happened just so that you get the ad revenue. So those people clip through. Yeah. And it's just, uh, it's just, it's make it's it's annoying. The bar, the bar is low. I know we joked around the last, you know, this is probably a while back episode, you know, far ago episodes of James Cameron needs to raise the bar, but you got just television that's just I don't think trashy that. TV. That's from South Park. If people know that, yeah, trashy TV, but it's entertaining because you turn your mind off and you're watching it, but. I think like you were saying earlier, uh, before we kind of came on, all TVs really just repackage stuff. There's nothing. There's nothing new or that exciting. I guess if that's your point. It's all kind of trash, except for and maybe I'm still hurt from Game of Thrones. I don't know, but when you turn on the TV, like if I when you're getting ready to watch like the NBA on TNT before the game, they have these shows on. This is a terrible show. Like this is like bones. Like that's a supernatural. Those are awful TV shows, right? Yeah. And it's just interesting, like how they repackage and like re come up with. There's a million NCISs and Chicago Fire, Chicago Police. Like I, I, I just I. There's so many avenues of TV. There's there's Hulu. There's Netflix, uh, Amazon. Uh, Prime, whatever video, right? Like all this stuff, and then you got premium channels. Like, how are people still watching that? I think that's where I'm at. It's just like, how do you look at this stuff that's repackaged and just reformulate, reformulated, 
to like mirror the same stuff you've been watching for 50 years? Like, how are you still watching? It was a good point. I just, I completely forgot that LL Cool J is a lead actor for, <laughs> for, for NCIS, like Miami. It's Shamar Moore, and like, what? Like, we still got these dudes out here playing the same role they've been playing for 15 years. Like, what? What? Oh, gosh. What was that show with LL Cool J? And uh, he had the house. He was like, the, he used to play football. Movie, movie or TV show? It was a TV show, right? It was on like UPN. Was it called? Uh, in the house? It was in the house with LL Cool J. There it is. Yeah, LL's, LL is the goat when it comes to, to hip hop. But yeah, over I always can't. I can never get the line out of, out of my head from SWAT when they like catch the guy. And he's like he licks his lips. Tell daddy how you like it or how you want it. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> You overcommitted on that one line, and it was a terrible line. <laughs> Tell daddy how you want it. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, the best is when Aries Spears does the impression of him. Uh, <laughs> you ever just put strawberry, strawberry ice cream on your chest and let it melt down to your genitals? <laughs> He's like LL like licks his lips like a thousand times basically. It's just good stand-up. But that's in a time frame like Mad TV was on. Mad TV rivaled Saturday Night Live. I think Mad TV made Saturday Night Live better. This was right before the era when Flavor of Love happened. When Flavor of Love happened, completely changed the direction of where television was headed, I think. Well, it's also so that's an interesting point. Um so the Mad TV kind of era, right, is right at the time that, um, you know, SNL gets huge again, right? You could kind of say the golden age of SNL is like the early 80s with like Eddie Murphy and that whole cast. But then yeah. they have like Sandler and Chris Rock and Farley and all these dudes uh, in the early 90s. And then Mad TV pops up, right? And they, they grab a ton of black actors, Amy Foxx. Um, Key and Peel, Jordan Jordan Peel, Keegan Key, Keegan Michael Key. Uh, that he they come on later, right? Like they're not the early ones, right? It's like the Sawans brothers, uh, and then obviously, obviously. So what they picked up the cast from In Living Color, and then brought a lot of the cast from there to Mad TV, or I thought all three were kind of going on at the same time. So. Or like, was In Living Color just kind of finishing up? I I don't know the whole time. I think it was just finishing. Up, right, because they tried to rival SNL and then they just kind of phase into Mad TV, right? Right, because that was the creation of Jim Carrey, uh, right? Yeah, so I was about to say Jim Carrey, right, starts on in color and then goes to the Mad, and then I, he's only on Mad TV for like maybe a year, oh, okay. and then he starts, and he, he, he was already becoming so big, and I was like, why was he anymore? So, uh, yeah, so it's interesting you say that, right? Like. Sketch comedy probably was never better at that time. Obviously, what Keen Peel did on on Comedy Central, what Dave Chappelle did. Uh, to your point about Flavor Flav, I think what what changed TV was Flavor Flav's. Not his his love show was hilarious. At it the was time. it was awesome. I also think his um, his roast like like it changes like a lot of like it made one. I think it's like the first roast that I can remember. Yeah. Because then roasts kind of take off. 
then you you go from like what what that kind of formulated or it just it gave this pathway to, to old celebrities or, or people that were wanted to be in the all right well i can then like do something as stupid as this and like essentially get called a monkey on live t on live tv for an hour and a half and then get a tv show right like he gave everybody the fail the, the plan essentially right in my eyes out like the Kardashians, of course, a lot of people like look at the blueprint, but it, like Flavor Flav was like ahead of his time. Like he was like, all right, I'm gonna do something silly and stupid and wear this clock, and people are gonna say racist stuff to me. Then I'm gonna get a TV show out of it, and then I'm gonna get paid. But he always wore the clock, though. Yeah, I know. Yes, I mean, you know, public enemy, you know, just a hype man. But yeah, he did. He really did have the blueprint because Flavor of Love happens, the roast, and he comes back. Flavor of Love to um, and then that spurred off with like, you know, I love New York, but it was the reality TV that was still more honest in reality because it wasn't as scripted as it is today. Just because a girl spit on somebody like doesn't make it not scripted. That, what you what do you mean? <laughs> like if you if, if you go back, I mean you had pumpkin on there you have like realer people who weren't if you look at all the people that are that were on those shows like uh pumpkin the girl who spit on new york she works like in real estate or something they weren't there to oh i'm gonna get this bag and then i'm gonna move on and become like trying to be an actor or something or stay in the entertainment line like, like i just want to do this show to do something fun so you it was more genuine story like that's why i don't know if you've seen i mean I think it's refreshing with the double shot at love with uh, DJ Pauly D and Vinny from the Jersey shore, because they're just like two cool dudes that really don't care about trying to stir up drama and all this. Like that's not their MO and it makes for a more genuine show kind of brought it back to the flavor of love days. But after flavor of love blew up and then big brothers oh, going on genuine. And what, who's the other dude? What's Vinny. The other? They, they are, there's some, they're like genuine dudes. Like they're just, you've never hung out with them they seem like genuine dudes that's all i can say i mean it comes through like when there's drama and stuff happening like yeah i'm not really about that but you know that's not just that's not what i do and it's been the same way since they were on tv back in the whenever jersey shore first came on but jersey shore was good jersey shore was good um but it's just though, like since Flavor of Love, and then that formula. How long has the Bachelorette been on or Bachelor, and it's the same freaking show, and people gobble that up? I don't get that. That's the one that I'm just like, what are you? What are we? Like, what are we doing? The day that they, the day they have a black man as the Bachelor, will be the first day that I watch. America would die. It something something catastrophic could happen. <laughs> <laughs> the day that there is a black bachelor makes no sense that there hasn't been one so they had a black bachelorette yeah like what three seasons ago two seasons ago i think two now i wanted i don't know but yeah i mean i think people can reasonably view that like I, there's just no way you can have a dude that looks like give me somebody give me a name here flavor flav <laughs> right you couldn't have well that's the thing too like could america not could america could could the if the bachelor took like a thug dude 
and put them ABC, like what would happen? And you have a ton of like white women on there. Like what would happen? <laughs> I think you and I both know what would happen. <laughs> NBC would, it would, it would look like a Ford F-150 dealership outside their executive office. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we having a sale out here? I didn't know this. <laughs> it's two for one. <laughs> If they if they threw a hood dude on that show and kept the same format and he's the bachelor, it would who would blow up? But I'd watch it. I would. <laughs> I would. Like, I want you to take somebody from like Southside Chicago. Chief, take Chief Keith, make him the bachelor. It's Chief Keith for bachelor. That'd actually be hilarious. That I would watch it in a heartbeat. Actually, you know, I would like Soldier Boy would be hilarious. Yeah, but Soldier Boy's just corny. He Soldier Boy would force it. Like you want somebody. Like I said, this is where you want to have the genuine aspect of somebody come out. Like Soldier Soldier Boy is just uh, outside of that. Like Vlad TV could, like interview he did where he's like, "I was out there and I'm shooting, shooting at me." Like, like that was ridiculous, right? Outside of that, I think he's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I I'd rather see Chief, but there needs to be a Black Bachelor at some point in time because it's 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 getting ridiculous. Real talk, our guy Chris Squire should be it. Genuinely good guy, very 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 handsome guy. Uh, is know, it NBC or ABC? I I think it's ABC. Yeah, ABC. Chris Squire, Chris Squires for Bachelor. Where's but I going. Yeah, no, somebody, but if they, but all jokes aside, they do need to have just like a whole, you know, just a regular guy, African American, come on there and be on the show, or a, a, a Mexican guy, Latino, Asian. somebody, Asian, just just switch it up. But people just still gobbling it up, and it's terrible, terrible TV. I just don't understand it. It is news is bad, TV's bad. Stay on Netflix. I don't want to necessarily say cut the cord because you're gonna be missing out. FYI's got some great, great stuff. Tiny House, Tiny House, House Hunters, great shows. Uh, History Channel has had some really good shows lately too. I've heard that. I have heard History Channel has some good stuff. Uh, History Channel had uh, no, that was it was either History Channel or Nat Geo had the Mars series on it. Thought it was interesting. They took the. The possibility no they took the pot so it was like a fictional show but at the same time put in real information in there and real um like elon musk talking about the possibilities of going to mars so like on one instance you have the storyline of there's a new colony that just got to mars and they're setting up and they're, they're the, the first settlers to make a colony on the planet of mars and then in between like for like cutscenes, you have in reality physicists scientists all talking about um and entrepreneurs like Elon trying to colonize and live on Mars or that journey to Mars. So it's pretty, pretty interesting kind of show. Yeah. Doesn't get, doesn't get talked about or won't be trending. I think science is the science channel has been cool ever since they've dropped the, um, like how the universe works. Great show. Yeah, that was good. We need more of that. We need a lot more of that. A lot, a lot more of that out there. That that should be prime time, eight o'clock. Less LL Cool J licking his lips. Exactly. Less less NCIS's reruns. It's charmed. Oh God. Supernatural. What? I will say I do love watching reruns of Seinfeld. 
I do that a lot. Well, it was a great show. Okay. It's not like Seinfeld was a bad show. Great show. Well, we got a lot of shows that are going to be on for the weekend. Tiger Woods, sports shows, basically. Uh, Tiger out here at the Memorial Golf Tournament in Ohio. Andy Carr is up in Detroit after the running of the 103rd yep. Indy 500 last week. One thing and- I will say, too, to people, like if you've never watched the Grand Prix or Formula One, those are amazing. They're on Fox Sports and NBC Sports, so check those out. Yep. Uh, F1, though, transitioned over to ESPN this past year or two two years ago. So oh, they're now there. NASCAR is Fox Sports right now. Then they're flipping over to NBC for the second half of the season. And IndyCar is NBC. But, yeah, get into racing. Yeah, it's, it's really entertaining. And if you if you have the time to go out and watch a race, go to a race because it it's life-changing to see the, the speed and skill of these drivers. But we appreciate everybody continuing to listen. Keep pumping it out for you guys. This is To The Max.